Welcome to the Messy and Glorious podcast. Hello, I'm Sam. I'd love to invite you into our conversation as we delve into the Messy and Glorious stories, the everyday people and who quietly bring magic into our everyday lives. Today, my guest is Becky Barnes. Becky beams when she walks into a room with her colourful and creative spirit, a modern day hourglass who loves to open up space to you and the contents of your wardrobe to ensure that not only do you feel more like yourself on the inside, but what you wear has a soul that matches your values and is considered with integrity and conscience. Becky Barnes spent almost 20 years slugging away at her corporate HR career before she realised her heart wasn't really in it anymore. Not long after her 40th birthday, she woke up and realised the only thing she enjoyed about her job was developing other women so they could rise through the ranks. She thought surely there was a more fun way to do that. Becky Barnes' style was born, fueled with her passion for helping women achieve more than they ever thought possible and with a lifelong love of clothes and colour, she's had the pleasure of working with over 700 women and seeing their confidence soar, she has the absolute best job in the world. She prides herself on doing what that is making a significant difference to the women she works with on the planet we live in, live on, even live in and on. <laughs> Hello, Becky, how are you? Um, I'm great, thank you. What a lovely introduction. I love to play with words, my beautiful people. <laughs> it's lovely to have you here. Uh, yeah, I've been waiting for this for quite a while. We, uh, we were supposed to catch up, weren't we, um, earlier, but um, with everything that's happened, and we were both falling, weren't we? So we've, uh, we're here now. We're here now to have our conversation and, um, and uh, to delve into the world of fashion and styling. Um, but there's much more to it than that. So, <laughs> so just uh, for everyone listening, Becky, just let me let us hear about like who was Becky before her transformation, and any pivotal moments uh, that set you on your path to the beginning of your fashion and style journey. Well, it's really funny because whenever I get asked to talk about the kind of the journey it always reminds me of just how kind of far I've come and how different my world is now to the world before because the world before was I just kind of followed the path that most people would expect you to follow so go into education do your degree and then get a job and then basically slog away at it get married have kids and continue and the thing that I found was that that world was fine for me until I had children and then that's when everything sort of came crashing down around me because up until that point I'd been fed a line about what success had meant or to be successful you had to be xyz and that largely within a corporate space is working hard being promoted um, continuous self-development growing teams leading more complex pieces etc etc and, and I bought into that and I believed it and it actually worked for me until I started to have children and then everything changed and for a while I was in denial about that change. I tried to just continue in my old way which just created massive tension because obviously when you have children you can't continue in the old way. You have to flex your life and that's when that's when I realized that the success I'd been fed and taught and understood was now different. Success in the kind of new world as a mother 
meant actually having some kind of balance, actually doing something that I enjoyed doing, and something that I felt was worthwhile and actually contributing something back to the world. And none of those things were being achieved or ticked off in my old job. And so something had to change. So, you've, you so were, it did. Yes, yeah, so it did. <laughs> so um, how did you, um, how did you start like, like finding your way like to from that to where you are now? I'd always, well, I mean, my mum will tell you that I've always had a thing about clothes and dressing up and experimenting and being expressive and actually one of my favourite activities of all time when I was little was the village jumble sale. The scouts used to go around and collect clothes from everybody's houses and then they would all congregate in the hall and there would be this big square table of um, um table that was laid out and then all the clothes were laid on top of it and then we could just go and rummage and pick things up for 50p and then towards the end of the, the sale it would all go down to 10p and I was at primary school so I was under 11 and that used to be my favourite thing twice a year just rummaging through clothes and textures and fabrics and pulling out patterns and prints um, and just stepping into another world about who I could be and the looks I could create with those pieces. So my love of clothes goes back a long way. And when I started to think about what could I do, which would bring me joy, which was still kind of giving back or adding value in some way, it, it naturally was connected with that. And so it just sort of grew into helping women feel more confident about who they are and what they wear, but not necessarily in the kind of traditional, you are this shape, you should wear this type of clothes, and you have this colouring, you should wear this set of colours. It was more to do with actually really discovering who was inside and then helping that woman find clothes and colours to express that on the outside. Mm. I find that's uh, <clears throat> one of the most difficult things about clothes and it doesn't matter what size you are because I've been many sizes over the years <laughs> with with being really tiny and petite to being pregnant and then having you know um, put on extra weight from being pregnant and other things and and just like having the difficulty of finding a piece of clothing that complements me and obviously brings out my character like that that is is one of the toughest things and I think that's why we have so many issues isn't it around clothes it's, and then we're told we're supposed to look like a certain way um how do you how do you sort of start by you know if someone's like feeling like they can't find shapes to fit them I know like Trini and Susanna used to do the whole like apple and try whatever triangle and all those things but how do you go about that how do you recommend someone start to find things that you know complement their shape whilst being comfortable and also express themselves there's a couple of things you can do as starting point so first of all is just become a bit of an investigator so actually look at the pieces that you've already got and pick out one or two pieces that you love wearing and if you love wearing them, they're probably, they probably suit you, they probably fit you well, and they're probably a great expression of your personality. So when you've identified those pieces, just sit down and think, what is it about those pieces? What can I learn from it? 
what shape is it what is it emphasizing what fabric is it made from how is it hanging what's the cut what's the drape and then there, therein lies huge clues as to what other pieces will work on you so first of all is it's it's look and study at what you already have because you would have tried a lot of things as well over the years you would have experimented and you would have probably come out the other side knowing a few things the second thing you can do is also just be really honest with yourself and think about your current body your current shape and think about what you actually like a lot of our clothing strategies are based around covering up things that you don't like, which is a negative way of doing things i like to turn it on its head and say actually what do you like and then let's have a positive dressing strategy and find clothes which accentuate the bits of you that you actually are okay with. Now, some women will say to me, I don't like anything on my body. You know, I just want to cover the whole thing up with a sack. Yeah. You know, and one, I can understand how that might be a reaction, but actually, when you start getting into yourself, everybody has plus points. It might just be that you really like your eyes or you really like your fingernails or something you know everyone will have a starting point at which you can then build your wardrobe around emphasizing that one thing and then you'll find over time that actually you start noticing more things that you think are actually okay on your body and instead of standing there in front of the mirror going oh god look at my arm look at my thighs look at my whatever you actually go do you know what actually my bum's pretty cheeky you know <laughs> or you know i've got quite a good jawline or i love my natural hair you know there's always things that you can look out for um and also pay attention to what other people say about you as well you know what do other people notice mm. yeah yes i think that's that is key because i think yeah when someone says you oh i like your necklace or i like something or you know it feels really good to hear that not always easy to accept it but it's, it, it feels good and it's it's good to sort of like yeah take that on board isn't it and take it in and and, and sort of play with that so yeah over the years I think I've listened to people a little bit more than I ever did but I think um I think it's difficult when we have things shoved in our face don't we from media and that 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 we have a certain vision of of what's expected of us and what we should look like and and you know all the other things that come with that do you think that um you know the the mental health side of 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 being the person you are is is helped by going through the process of of finding the right clothes you know is there an element of that in your work it it's a really complicated area. I mean, there's so many, so many things to talk about. One, how you feel about yourself definitely impacts the choice of clothes that you put on your back. Then yeah. almost in a way sends a message back to yourself about how you're feeling about yourself. So you can get into a cycle either positive or negative based on your clothing decisions. Um, and so I think if you're at a point where you're thinking actually I feel in a bit of a low point you might have recognized that that's having a knock-on impact on what you're choosing to wear 
so generally when women are going through a bit of a um, bit of a downer or they're a bit unsure about things they will reach for deep darker colors they won't really accessorize everything gets stripped back to a minimum because you almost go into survival mode and mm -hmm. and weirdly it's at that point where you have to kind of put in the effort or it's worthwhile putting in the effort because changing what you wear therefore change the messaging to your brain and is therefore changing your mindset so instead of getting up and thinking like i'm just going to put on my black baggy jumper and my black leggings you think actually today i might put on my favorite color or i might put on my party dress or i might put on whatever it is that brings you joy the yeah. sheer act of and making a positive action through your clothes does have a big impact on how you feel you know my group every woman who works with me um can join my vip closed group on facebook and um a couple of weeks ago everyone was falling into a trap including myself of just not getting up and getting dressed you know yes. you can just hang around in your pajamas because who's going to see you anyway you know and it's comfy and whatever but it does have an impact on how you're feeling and so i pulled together the rainbow challenge which was on different days we were wearing different colors and we would all take pictures of ourselves on the red day and upload pictures and share what we were wearing and then we would all wear orange and then we would all wear yellow and it was a real-time experiment in how colors and choice of clothing impacts how we were all feeling and everybody said it's so good to have a reason to get up and choose something different. It's so good to explore what we've got. It's so good to try something different. And it's so good to share that experience with other women so that they're all connecting and all commenting and all building each other up. Um, yeah, so that was just you know a very recent demonstration of how just having a little bit of focus and putting a tiny bit of emphasis on what you're wearing can have a huge impact on how you're feeling. Yeah, and, and I, I get what you're saying about um, other women dressing in a more expressive way. Like obviously Sarah Cook uh, from Come, Come Network With Me, she's always like got different patterns and but it's just like, it always looks amazing. It always makes me feel happy when I see her and yourself as well. Hence why I've like your colorful and creative spirit in the bio. It's like, you, you know, you ooze that, joy through your clothes and your person your personality comes out even more because of that and i think that's like it does have a positive impact on how i feel when i see you two in particular but anyone who who does that so it's yeah it's 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 had an influence it has had an influence on me and you know how i think about what i put on every day and um so yeah i really i really uh, dig into that that's that's uh I kind of, it's lovely for you to say that, Sam. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of, it's really important. And I always say to people, you know, be that flamingo in the flock of pigeons. Because particularly when you're doing a school run, my observation is that most people don't want to stand out. They don't want to draw any attention to themselves. And part of that is because, you know, our society is one in which we're, we're taught to be very humble and you know, just play things down and be very reserved. And I think part of that as well just comes from an, an 
an insecure perspective where we just don't want to draw any attention to ourselves in case we make a fool of ourselves mm. or in case people think we look silly or in case people don't take us seriously. Um, and of course, we have to work within the constructs of a society where views are based on visuals and what we're seeing. But my argument to that is actually what the thing that's most powerful of all is being authentic and standing in your, your authentic space. So if you are watering yourself down in some way, if you are not expressing the true you through your clothing, you are effectively denying yourself a form of self-expression, mm -hmm. which in the long run can lead to a really dark place if you are yeah. constantly having to deny who you are. Oh, yeah, I can so, completely relate you know, to that. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so, therefore, I do wear bright colours, and I will wear bright pink boots on the school run, and I will wear all sorts of colour clashes and things because actually it's a true expression of me and when I deny myself of that I don't feel so good about myself. Also when you wear those things um, it becomes a talking point and I think it almost gives permission to other people to feel that they can do the same as well so somebody says to me gosh you always look so colourful and it makes me want to wear something colourful too. I think that's great that's yes. one of the reasons I do it. it is for me but it's also for other people as well just to kind of spread this feeling that we should all feel that we are able to wear whatever we want to wear if it is a true expression of us mm. like yes 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 I'm so like for me obviously the whole reason why I do what I do with the conversations and telling stories is is to yeah almost give that permission slip to other people to say what they want to say, wear what they want to wear, and do what they want to do in order to express themselves, but also, yeah, it makes the world a much more joyful and happier place um, as a whole for us to connect in different ways through our, our dress or, or voice, um, for sure. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm totally there with the, with the self-expression. <laughs> Let it free, that's what I say. Um, <laughs> wow. Sorry, say that again. I've noticed it's an age-related thing as well. So quite often women will come to see me um, on milestone birthdays. So sometimes it's 30, more often it's 40, sometimes it's 50, but I've even worked with women who are 70 and indeed 80. And my observation is that the more mature a woman becomes, actually the more prepared she is to step into her own space. And the less she cares about what other people are thinking of her. And there's something really, really empowering about that. Um, and something that, you know, I positively encourage. Um, yeah. And I love it. Love it when women come to me and say, I'm ready. You know, I am now ready to, to step into who I am right now. And that's another really important thing as well. Is we are constantly evolving as people. and you know, your colouring will change, your body shape will change, your lifestyle will change, but perhaps your values will change, your jobs might change, and therefore your wardrobe has to kind of catch up with you. And and quite often it doesn't, and that's why there's this disconnect between who you are and the clothes that you see hanging there, because it's representative of, of old self. Mm. And you're just simply not that woman anymore. So, you, you know, there's a, 
a little bit of thinking and work that has to go into updating the garments that you can choose from to ensure they're still really connecting with the space that we're in right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I agree as I've got older and I think I, I lost myself quite a lot over the years anyway through various reasons but having kids and my body shape being more rotund than I'd like <laughs> and being short so like yeah what I wear is, is like some days I like a big party but like I really do like to play around with clothes and I always did when I was younger but I lost that and so it's yeah it's nice to um to to be able to do that for sure yeah definitely um so I just want to delve into like where clothes come from um is a bit of a conversation for, for looking at you know like we all have clothes in our wardrobe I I'll be honest I, I I don't I probably still have too much but I don't have very much in my wardrobe and I see wardrobes of people and I remember my mum sorry mum um my mum had like a whole wall of, of wardrobe that was just hers and she had loads of stuff she always had gorgeous stuff and always well dressed and made up and everything um but I kind of like I've been quite frugal. I've had to be quite frugal on where I buy and what I buy. Um, but I have fallen into the trap of buying cheap and out of necessity. And I, and I, it wasn't, I suppose that with you and other things coming to light, didn't realize actually like what the chain of events were when like before I put my t-shirt on in the morning and like, you know the cost of fashion the real cost of fashion what's behind behind the label if I can drop their their name in as well but just like you know that and I know that's something that um you've become oh you wear but you've become even more passionate about more visibly passionate about and have, have engaged in, in creating events like the the swapping events and things like that in order to help people make good choices about um their clothes just can we delve into that a little bit more into what where mm, of course I mean you know I talked about the jumble sale that is a kind of sustainable way of shopping because it's using secondhand clothes and then after jumble sales came you know there was a Sue Ryder shop in Tiverton where I um, went to college and so I used to shop in there again because I was just working as a waitress mm -hmm. uh, it, you know and it, it was just a a case of money really if you bought second hand you could get more clothes for your cash but then um you know i got a job and then started buying from many sources and went about it sort of blind really i didn't really give any thought to how my clothes were made what they were made of etc i just bought clothes because they bought me joy and the process of shopping actually brought me happiness and so it continued um, in this sort of really naive way until I started doing this job. And then doing the job meant I was networking lots with lots of other women. And one of the women I came across was an eco designer called Linda Thomas. And in her networking pictures, she always used to talk about the impact on the environment through our clothes. And it was almost like, she seriously pricked my conscience because I'd never thought about it that way. I'd never made, stupidly, I'd never made a connection between clothing and the environment. They were just two very separate things. And I think clothing is just so wrapped up in kind of glossy adverts that 
it's so far removed from the truth that it's hard to connect the two. But anyway, she she really was this being that sent me on a path to really understand more about the industry in which I'd chosen to work. I couldn't really stand the thought that what I was doing on the one hand was being so empowering to the women who were wearing the clothes, but on the other hand was so awful to the women right at the beginning of the supply chain who were being treated awfully and working in slave labor conditions. And so I just went on this quest to learn more about it. And I became pretty much obsessed, actually, I would say, with learning about it. And I spoke to whoever I could speak to. I consumed loads of books. I watched loads of videos, documentaries. I did a course with Exeter University in Fashion Revolution to really, really deepen my understanding of how the whole thing worked, basically, and, and what I could do to make a difference. And you will know that every step of the way, there is a negative impact on either people or planet from the clothing industry, right from kind of growing crops through to the manufacturing of those and any chemicals that are being used through to processing, um, the people that are pulling together garments in the factories, largely abroad in third world countries, they are then shipped all over the world. They are then sold really cheaply and then quite a lot of them just end up in landfill as well. So it's, it's just this disastrous picture. Yeah. Kind of ends to, and I just couldn't bear the thought of exacerbating that and so leapt into action to try and mitigate some of those things. And for me, you know, there's, there's lots of things that all of us can do without necessarily having to wear you know shapeless hemp dresses you know we can still have the freedom to express ourselves and look and feel good but have less impact on the environment and so in at the end of 2017 i decided to give up fast fashion so decided that i'd go for an entire year without buying anything from me without really knowing if I could do it because really I'm a shopaholic naturally. <laughs> but actually throughout that year I found it much easier than I thought and about a hundred people joined me on the challenge and also did it as well. So we're all cheering each other on. And that year really taught me a lot around other sources um, if you're not buying from you and completely changed the way I shop. So we're now you know, quarter of the way through 2020, I still don't buy new things. Um, and, you know, you know, positively encourage other people not to buy new things as well. Hence the charity shopping tours that we set up. Hence little green wardrobe and the clay swapping events. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me more about the charity shop tours and, and how they sort of, um, link in really with how people can take those slow steps towards transitioning to you know a more ethical approach to purchasing clothes. When when I took the challenge to go for a whole year without buying new, I thought, okay, so I can't buy new, but I can buy second hand. And so one of the most obvious places to start in Bristol because there's such an abundance of things, the charity shops, 
And um, I thought, okay, if I'm asking these women to come on this journey with me, I really have to give them some help and some support in, you know, achieving that. And so I set up the tours as a way of really showcasing this, the sorts of things that you can find in secondhand shops, but also to give away my sort of secrets and tips and all the tricks I've picked up over the years in terms of how to actually do it, plus have the benefit of having me shop with you so that you're perhaps having things picked out and selected for you that you might not have ordinarily gone for because we all have our favourites that we just habitually turn to. You know, mm. you might have 14 Breton striped T-shirts in your <laughs> jump um, drawer because you always go to, or you might have, you know, 15 black cardigans. You know, it's just thing that you're drawn to. And so the tours were born as a really fun way of going shopping in a small group of women, most of whom don't know each other. We, mm. Women just come and make friends on the tour. And they are guided around by me. And I just say, this is how I do it. These are, these are my strategies. Um, and I get to know the women and find out about their personalities and what they want to express with their clothes. And then I would just dive through the shelves and pick out bits and pieces and say, you try this, you try this, you try this. And it's really the things that women look at if I say, will you just try this on for me, please? It's, it's the women that pull the biggest faces and go, oh my God just what I'm thinking <laughs> then they put it on and it's those women who go do you know what I actually love this so it, yeah. that that thing it's like actually how far out of a perceived comfort zone can I move a woman you know through encouraging her to try on things and then once she's actually stepped over that mark of just saying you know what I'm actually just going to go for it that's when the real magic happens because yeah. their mind is completely open and then that's where the real treasures are found yeah because there can be quite a stigma about walking into a charity shop can't there? I know I used to love doing it when I was in college and it was kind of cool when I when I was younger to do that but then it sort of phased out but I've always I've always gone into them without worrying because I think I, I started off doing it but I know a lot of people can pull a face at you um if you're like going to a charity shop and picking things up um do you know like I, I i think and also i think when we were younger children would have the mickey taken out of them because they were wearing hand-me-downs or second-hand clothes do you think obviously like obviously the charity um tours help those people who've already stepped into that decision of, of trying it out but how do you how would you say to someone who's maybe feeling a bit awkward about going to a charity shop to you know take the first step uh, well <laughs> lo lots of people come on the tour saying I've always wanted to charity shop but I just don't know how or as soon as I step into them I feel really overwhelmed or, you know, um, I really like the idea of it, but I'm really worried about what my colleagues would say if they, you know, realise that this is what I'm doing. And the whole point about being public about it is that there is no shame in doing it. Actually, yeah. it, it's a positive thing on so many levels. It's great for the charity. It's great for the environment. It's great for your budget. It's actually great for creativity because 
when you step into a charity shop, you do not have any one style or trend thrust upon you. You know, it's a whole mishmash of things where you can be whoever you want to be. Um, and so just by constantly talking about it and talking about the wonderful things that we find, I just hope that it's breaking down that stigma yeah. and um, just encouraging more people to try it, you know, but there will be cultural and social connotations with it. You know, I was talking to a lady who's got a vintage shop, um, where is she? I've forgotten where she is. It'll come back to me. This is the post-menopause brain that gets in, you know. <laughs> just, all massive bits of my brain just disappear. Anyway, <laughs> it is um, Ljubljana. There we go. It's come back. So she runs a vintage dress shop in Ljubljana. And she has the most gorgeous clothes. And we had a conversation around the differences between the UK and over there. And she said one of the biggest things she deals with is the fact that when she was little, everybody had to have hand-me-downs. That was just the way it was. Okay. The money wasn't there and it just became a thing that everyone had to have second-hand clothes. So when society and the economy changed and everybody could afford to buy new, they did buy new, partly just to express the fact that things were different. You know, and she said, it's even, it's even the case now that some women will not enter a shop a brand new shop if there's a sale on because they don't want their friends or colleagues to think that they can only afford to shop in sales season. Wow. Okay. That's so when uh, compare kind of where we are in the UK with something like that, I think actually we are ahead of, of that sort of stigma. And I think a lot of that's been broken down, but obviously it's still in existence in other parts of the world. Yes, yeah. So, so yes, yeah, so culture and um, money or status play a part in decision making on how and on how we're uh, status is perceived and how we make our buying choices. I guess, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. So, so would you say that the charity shop was leading the way on the high street, or is there another store? you would say well if you do want to buy new clothes um or make an investment uh, with a new piece uh, like where can they go is there specific places on the high street or is it is it not there yet on the high street it's not quite there i mean oh, apart from charity shops you also have some amazing vintage shops okay which will again provide a source of sustainable shopping for you but it comes at a different price point and there are also um, what americans would call consignment stores so what we would call pre-loved boutiques perhaps dress agencies or pre-loved designer there's more of those popping up as well now um, because people actually see well, they, they might ha want to be getting rid of items in their wardrobe which are perhaps high value and therefore they don't necessarily want to donate to a charity shop, they want to get something back for themselves, so that's where those shops come into play. There are also shops which are specifically around sustainability, um, but they are few and far between. There's a couple on the Gloucester Road and there's one in Clifton Village if you're local to Bristol. Um, but again, it's slowly, slowly. There are lots more companies online now. 
And interestingly, if you go into bigger schools um, and put in sustainable, some ranges are starting to come back. And definitely bigger stores, say like Marks and Spencers, will have a sustainable range. They've started to think about fabrics. John Lewis have a small section. Um, H&M have sustainable cotton. Now, all of that, I would say, is a, is a good starting point. But a lot of those companies have a long way to go. Yeah. But I don't want to knock it. Oh, no. I kind of school of thought that actually something is better than nothing. And therefore, if they do have a limited range of um, stock where they are thinking about their clothes and the way in which it's made and what it's made from, then, then you know, all praise to them. Yeah, and I think we've had this conversation before, haven't we, where, it, you know, we were discussing like having the complete conscience package of, of like wanting to be this this person who who demonstrates like every single thing that they do has a conscience and has a thread and you can lead back to it being something of of you know of of uh integrity um but it's also we've, we've talked about it it's actually okay isn't it to be transitioning and going from the place of awareness to the place of well however far you can get in 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 your journey to being a more conscious and ethical shopper and that it's okay to to do that oh totally agree and um there's a great book actually by lauren bravo called how to give up fast fashion and it's a very light it's a very funny read a lot of the eco books i read were heavy they were written by academics and a lot of them take quite a purist view, which I find sometimes really overwhelming. You know, I, I'm just a woman who likes clothes, you know, <laughs> and yeah. I just need it to get down to a really kind of base level of what I can do to make a difference without it feeling that I'm denying myself anything or without it just being a really traumatic experience. You know, so read something like Lauren's book and take bits from it you know even if you say right I'm not going to buy anything new for a month or you know next month if I buy something new I'm really going to think about the fabrics that it's made from yeah you know or I'm going to try a clothes swap you know yeah you don't yeah. have to simply just chuck out everything in your wardrobe that isn't made from organic cotton you know and just by things you know that have been made by ethical companies you could do that but actually i don't suggest it you know it's actually just take small steps in the same way that people started to eliminate plastic yeah <clears throat> you know yeah. we made small steps we switched to having milk delivered in glass bottles we stopped using plastic bags and just recycled the ones we've got or used canvas totes yeah. and it's exactly the same in your wardrobe it's just choose something to start with and then if that works choose another thing and before you know it you're doing five or six things which is having a huge impact on the sustainability of your wardrobe yeah completely um yeah i, I definitely yeah small steps is the way i i get quite overwhelmed with the amount of stuff we recycle um in our house there's quite a few of us so it's it's difficult to sort of like manage it all but um you know in being specific about 
what you buy in the first place um but just maybe one thing is is a really helpful uh, way to start and little bits isn't it little bits little leaps um yeah, if, uh, yeah sorry go on. wow you know there are people say to me what does sustainable mean well it, i don't know that there is one definition because it will mean different things to different people so actually focus in on what's important to you for lots of clients maybe you know their number one value is veganism yeah or it might be that you're into zero waste it might be that you are anti-slavery it might be that you are into organic fabrics or natural fabrics all of these things it's difficult to find a company where all of those boxes are ticked off yeah you know and and it can become really complicated and really overwhelming so it's say actually what are your number one priorities what are the what are the one or two things that are most important to you and then let that be your guiding sort of light as to the decisions you're making yeah yeah definitely i think yeah yeah it's like what's the first thing that's important to you and how you can take steps to sort of building on that certainly is there is there somewhere where like if people want to research further on on where they can um you know take the first steps of buying things what kind of organizations do you sort of recommend as places that share the real facts rather than um pardon the pun things that are fabricated um <laughs> sorry um, <laughs> But there's lots of things online and um, fashion revolution is a good place to start they do some great um uh, publications i'm also trying to find on my phone there's an app and it's called um which i can't find on my app it's called good good on you just need to check that but you can basically put into that app the the name of the clothing company that you want to look at and they have rated lots and lots of clothing companies on a number of um different criteria so you can see sort of how m&s would stack up against something like um finisterre okay for example oh, and good. there's no kind of one one kind of list of good and bad companies but that's a kind of that's as close as I've got to finding something which is fairly objective in really understanding the effort that companies are putting in yeah that's handy to have an app because I know my daughter has one for checking foods she's vegan for various reasons not just because of the ethical uh, side of it but health reasons and she so she checks her products she can scan the product or um you know type in the name and it comes up with what's in it and, and things like that so yeah it's really handy to have something like that in your fingertips isn't it definitely um also one of my favorite bloggers she's um a lady called caroline she has an instagram site called knickers models own ah and yeah she's amazing yeah yeah she, um, again if you were worried about kind of charity shopping she she almost exclusively shops in them and she actually had a book published and she's linked to cancer research because she sort of did it as um a fundraising event in memory of her mum yeah but she is so positive about secondhand shopping and always puts together amazing looks and i just find watching people like her really uplifting and inspiring and yes, again it's helping is. to 
things you yeah. use towards um, dressing that way. Yeah, I love her. I've seen her before. Um, I think, I, I, yeah, I must follow her on Instagram. I haven't seen her about lately, but um, your feed gets filled up with so much stuff, isn't it? Um, but yeah, she, oh, when I first saw her and read her story, she's, um, yeah, she's an awesome inspiration, isn't she? T- definitely um, yeah. someone to go and check out. Um, you mentioned uh, films before. Is there something that maybe a little bit more sort of on the baseline for, for people to go and watch or, or you know, check out? um on uh i don't know youtube or a specific film that you've you've seen that had an impact on you yeah uh, well uh, the one that came on tv most recently which i think you can still find on the internet is stacy dealey investigates and it was called um fashion's dirty secrets um and again it's a relatively easy watch but it is hard hitting yeah but i think when things like that come on to main screen tv it just brings the issue into so many more people yeah um, and i know that that sparked a discussion with lots of people in you know in my um uh sort of peer group yeah um i actually did a blog on which films to watch or the films oh, okay. that kind of changed the way um most recently it, there's a 90 minute film called river blue okay. and it's been pulled together by a conservationist called mark angelo and he basically the film highlights what fashion is doing to the waterways and the people that rely on those water sources as well oh, to yeah. live um I, it's not an easy watch but again if you wanted to really understand the impact on water that's a great place to start um what else um i loved a youtube video by christina dean called you are what you wear and i mean she has subsequently set up her own sustainable fashion business but she talked about um, going to a sort of a, a dump and picking up clothes every month for her to wear. It was just a really inspiring story about actually the waste she saw and what she did about it. And again, it's only it's only 16 minutes, so that's a, a good one. Um, there's also, this one goes back to 2014. And it's a 50-minute film, and it's called The World According to H&M. Um, and <laughs> I've talked about H&M as being a kind of a bit yin and yang before. I, I want to love them because they have a conscious collection and they do have an organic cotton range, but then I also want to hate them because they are still doing so many things which I don't necessarily agree with. But just kind of watch the film and yeah. just make your own friends up against them um yeah so there there's some of the things that i would suggest and also um as i mentioned the book by lauren bravo how to give up fast fashion is um it's good yeah I've, i'll put the links to and so make make notes as we go along up anything you've mentioned i'll put links to in um the show notes so everyone can find and i'll i'll um i'll find that film blog on your blog and and um link back to that as well and then people can have a, 
a nosy at your other stuff too so just um, I think the thing is you can kind of get a bit overwhelmed with it all I know yeah. I, I sort of went with, um, a bit of a hole with it because it's almost like the more you find out the more depressing it, it is because it just every level is exposing some other horror and at some point you have to pull yourself out of that you know yeah. because there's only so much that you actually need to know you know yes educate yourselves around the facts and around the main um areas for concern but then the important thing is to take action yeah i think uh, yeah overwhelm is, is is a case of like we were saying before taking one thing and acting upon that and 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 building on that until you get to the point where you can feel like that's your norm and then decide to right like what can i delve into next and what's my next thing that i want to build upon isn't it it's just yeah making sure that you, you don't get overwhelmed by it and it, it you know emotionally i know some of these things are hard to watch aren't they the, the realization of them um and and just sort of making sure that you're yeah talking to somebody about it i think in a in a positive way as well in order to not let it affect you too much on you know with your mental health because it's not it's not all in your control it's there's only certain steps you can take responsibility for in in making sure you can do them isn't there there's not you can't take full control of or full responsibility for all the things that happen in the world totally but i think that's also as well that you can i find kind of power in joining up with bigger forces you know so that's why i support labor behind the label and the money from the clothes box goes to them because they are tackling slavery I support Polly Higgins and her eco-side uh, movement, you know, which is trying to make eco-side law so companies will not be able to damage the environment, you know, through yeah. their process. You, know, um, you can hook up with Greta and her gang. Yeah. You know, there are lots of inspiring people who are really taking the lead in this and by joining forces with them and joining their movement i feel that you well i certainly get the feeling that greater traction is being made yeah. rather than just you fighting as an individual and do you think obviously greta um being younger that that do you because we we live in a quite a fast-paced life like you know the generations below us have, have, have been introduced to technology and things at such a button and do you think though with greta that she brings this light of of hope to our future generation and an an influence on our kids and um you know that means that, that there's going to be some real change or do you think it's our generation that are actually making the changes uh it's a tricky one isn't it because i just look at my own family as perhaps a bit of a mirror of society you yeah. know and i see change being made across generations you know i see my parents who were in their 70s buying electric bikes and growing vegetables and you know not using cling film <laughs> you know they're taking action i see my generation as doing you know our bit you know i'm big on second hand shopping and clothes shopping and whatever but i also see my children 
equally concerned about it, you know, and yeah. he will stand beside me in the supermarket and my nine-year-old broke down a couple of months ago and said, Mommy, don't buy the squash in oh, the plastic gosh. bottle. You know, I've seen what it does to the fish. <laughs> you know, so it's uh, environmental issues, I think, are they just transcend all age groups. And I think that actually many generations are trying to do something about it. Greta is amazing and does inspire young people, but equally she inspires older people too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, completely. So uh, you talked about your VIP closed group before. Did, can anyone just come and find that and join? That is my group for women who've worked with me. So okay. either on the one-to-one or in a in a tour or such like, or they've maybe come along to one of the events that I've hosted. Um, and it's really just my little thank you to those women to say thank you for working with me and let's continue our journey together as a community and let's continue to grow and continue to inspire each other and um, yeah, just keep the momentum going. Yeah, okay, cool. So um, so what's coming up for Becky for the rest of this year? Obviously let's ignore, <laughs> ignore what situation we're in right now and let's just sort of like, what might happen towards autumn time and going into the winter? <laughs> yeah, well, sadly, everything is a little bit on hold. So at the moment, I am managing to do some work remotely. So I am still able to help women with their wardrobes. So that's being held over Zoom. Mm. And so I'm helping women declutter. I'm also helping women do more with what they've got already. So I do outfit builder sessions over um, the internet as well which is just about helping you pull together new combinations and create new looks from what you already have um, and then once the world starts getting back to normal hopefully the charity shops and the clothes shopping events will resume plus I'm also working behind the scenes on a um, online course which is about helping you create that more sustainable wardrobe uh, and it's just will be full of really practical tips that you can dip in and out of and choose any number of which to start. And again, it's it's not purist. Uh, it's just meant to be a bit of edutainment, if you like. Oh, you know, I like that. <laughs> things that you can do um, that might feel like you're making a real difference, and you will be making a real difference, um, but still allowing you to fully express who you are. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, I like that entertainment um, phrase. That's cool. I might steal that. <laughs> that's good. I like that. And um, yeah, no, that's that's great because I think yeah, I think um, the current situation um, with COVID is is helping us all think outside the box and how we we serve our our clients, isn't it? And um, I think it can only be a good thing if we can reach out to more people through being online. For sure. Cool. So I always ask this question as my last question to everyone that comes on um, the podcast. So if you could shine a light on of any area, on area, bleh, I'll get my get my teeth back in for a minute. If you could shine a light on any area of darkness in this world, what would it be and why? 
oh, Sam, I wish you'd asked me that before so I could have cracked something like <laughs> The last interview, Dan said that, the last interview. Yeah. Um, but just, no, I've I've done. Done. Yeah, I, you know, you just <laughs> you ask me questions for an hour and then you hit me with the big one. <laughs> well, just whatever comes to mind first, where do you want to shine a light? Well, it, you know, I can't really get away from the whole sustainability issue. For me, that is my, my number one focus, you know, um, and even if you know, everyone just does one tiny, tiny difference um, as a result of thinking about their clothes in a slightly different way, then actually the result could be enormous. You know, overall, I'd like to see a million women all around the world swapping clothes and the environmental impact of that would be huge. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? It's amazing how much of a ripple effect it has, though. Just like having a conversation, obviously, you know, you and conversations with you and my eldest daughter in particular, who's, you know, always trying to change things. And, and it just reminds me of, you know, the kind of person I want to be and, and how I want to have an impact, a bigger impact, um, it, maybe in a smaller way to sort of, you know, make a difference to how we do things and how we build, bring awareness to conscious, conscious anything, making conscious choices um sure definitely um is a thing well becky thank you so much um today i'm sure we could probably talk forever um <laughs> but we, we're gonna we're gonna end there and um and uh, let everybody listen to you all the links um for becky um her website and everything will be in the show notes um so you can go and um stalk her and and uh, give her some love um, and uh, find out some more things about her and, and her, her sustainability mission. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Becky, for being with us. Uh, it really has been a pleasure. It's so great to catch up with you anyway, because we haven't seen each other for a while. So it's been really nice to um, delve back in uh, to where you're at. Um, and yeah, I um, I'm look forward to sharing you about. Oh, thanks, Sam. It's been lovely. It is, but it has indeed, and, and it's yeah. It's you've given me a real good um, perspective actually on on things and um, you know how important your work is. So it's been a pleasure, pleasure to have a conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you.